This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are social media apps like TikTok causing users to exhibit signs of disorders like Tourette's or other conditions? Or because people seem to congregate in communities online, is social media just amplifying what's already there? I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10.3. National Post reporter Tyler Dawson joins me to discuss research showing young people are acquiring symptoms via social media use, what may be causing these tics and other symptoms, and whether some people are actually faking symptoms for online clout. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Tyler, the video sharing app TikTok has been in the news a lot lately, mostly because of concerns about the security of it and governments are banning it from government devices, but we're hearing a lot about the other side of social media, and that's relating to concerns over mental health disorders. I mean, before we get kind of into the specifics about TikTok and some of the things that we're seeing specific to that app, why do we keep having discussions about social media apps and mental health in general? I think it's a little bit because um, people are sort of realizing how much of our lives are lived through social media now, and there are concerns that this is having an effect on the well-being of, you know, particularly young people. And and I think to some extent, it, it's a bit of the unfamiliarity with what's new. You know, if you think back to when we were kids, uh, parents were freaking out that we were all sitting around playing Duck Hunt and other video games instead of playing outside or, you know, stickball or something. So, so I think there's a little bit of that element to it. Um, but it does get linked into conversations about all sorts of other things, you know, in terms of attention span, literacy, how much kids are reading versus sitting on Instagram. Um, there, it, you know, it even comes up when we talk about dating or the and the sexual behavior of young people. Um, so, body image issues are, are another big one linked to social media. So, so I think there's probably some some genuine issues here. Um, but there is also, I think, this this sense of that it's unfamiliar and new and kind of scary that is why it keeps coming up um, over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the content on these apps on their own, do we have kind of like a chicken and egg scenario going on? We have, you know, people with mental health disorders or advocating on behalf of those with mental health disorders or coming to the apps, sharing stories, and then that gets amplified when people like them and share them. Or are people starting to feel like the apps are causing people to develop mental health disorders or amplifying concerns about people having mental health disorders? And so you you see it developing from that end of things. So there's a handful of different things happening here. The first is, as you say, people are finding community and a space to share their stories. And there's no doubt that that is a large 
component of the sort of mental health content that we see on TikTok and other social media apps. Um, and this isn't particularly new, right? You know, you had discussion groups um, in sort of the earlier days of the internet. There are still Reddit forums, for example, where people discuss these sorts of things. So so that part of it isn't particularly new. Um, what is new is the sort of speed and reach of social media, the way algorithms on TikTok or Instagram are, are showing you um, content of people who are displaying various symptoms of mental illness. So there's that. There is a bunch of other stuff happening too. Um, and, and there's sort of some confusing medical vernacular that explains some of this. So one of the things that people are concerned about now, particularly with TikTok, is the sort of acquisition of symptoms. Um, and a really common example of that is people presenting with Tourette's-like symptoms, tics and things like that, for example. Um, and, and what might be happening here is people sort of viewing these videos and acquiring these symptoms. So that can be caused by something called a mass psychogenic illness. Um, the, sort of an internet version of it, which is when people are acquiring symptoms um, by viewing content like this. Perhaps it's a sort of stress response to the pandemic years, things like that. The, the other side of this is what's called a factitious disorder. And that's sort of when people are faking, for lack of a better way to put it. it it's, it's a little bit more complex than that. But but the idea is that people are sort of exaggerating or faking illness um, in order to um, get, you know, on the sort of one end of the spectrum, comfort and community on the other end of the spectrum to profit from it in, in some sort of personal gain. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a complicated landscape of what's happening. Yeah. And I did want to talk about this, this TikTok tick phenomenon. Like you, you say that it like, a reaction, a stress reaction to some of this content. Like how does, what are, what are psychologists or experts saying related to that? Like, how does that work? How does someone viewing video content on a social media app cause someone to develop tics or Tourette's like symptoms? Yeah. So there's something called a conversion disorder, which is when a person has symptoms such as tics or a loss of balance, to name two of them, but they occur without any sort of other medical diagnosis. Um, so you just sort of have these symptoms, you go to the doctor, they can't figure it out. Um, so it can be called something called a conversion disorder, which can be a stress response, for example, and they are sort of showing symptoms, but don't necessarily fit the profile of someone with an actual disorder. So take Tourette's style tics, for example. Um, they may, you can have those tics, but that doesn't mean that you have Tourette's, right? So so what experts are saying is, you know, maybe this is something where it's, it's a stress response to the pandemic um, and, and people are sort of showing that. And the really interesting thing about that is, you know, how do you differentiate, right? And, and so a set of researchers did this really, really interesting study and looked at what people were portraying in, in sort of these TikTok tick videos. Now, it's a, it's a relatively small sample size, 28 subjects, um, but 93% of them used obscene language and 93% of them also used obscene gestures, which are, which are two of the, sort of, let's say, stereotypical signs of Tourette's. But... The actual Tourette's literature shows that only between 8 and 14% 
of people who have Tourette's actually show those symptoms, right? So you see this huge gap between what the research suggests genuine Tourette's diagnoses would show and, and what these people on TikTok are showing. So, so those could be conversion disorders. Those could be what I mentioned, the factitious disorders where, where people are sort of exaggerating or faking. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's a strange and complicated sort of area. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And when you talk about apps like TikTok or Instagram and the the way people access content is driven largely by algorithms and you know what you what you like you'll get more of what it thinks that you want more of you'll get more of what you spend time looking at you'll get more of does it create a vicious circle where as maybe some of this content gets viewed more often there's an algorithm spitting it back out to people and then you kind of get a heightened awareness of this or you get more people who might present with these kind of symptoms or is it or is it driven by people understanding what's popular and so they're putting out content similar to that and maybe this gets into the the question of whether they're faking it to pick up on what's trendy and you'll get more content out there because people are trying to follow a trend as bizarre as that is in in the case of something like ticks yeah so it it seems to be a bit of both um you know one of the sort of things that experts look at in terms of uh, those factitious disorders is whether or not people are seeking some sort of personal gain from it. And, you know, to some extent that can just be community or support, but it can also be financial, you know, and, and that study that I mentioned, I think it showed that about 63% of those TikTok users were also selling merchandise and seeking paid speaking gigs. So, you can, I think, conclude in at least some of these cases that people are doing this um, for some degree of profit, whether their symptoms are sort of genuine or if they're following this trend. And I did have one expert tell me that, you know, there's actually a little bit of cachet right now that can be had from displaying mental illness, um, sort of a side effect, shall we say, of the broader social discussion and acceptance of it. So, so yes, there is sort of the purposeful side of things where people are spreading this content because there's a benefit to them or because they simply want to show people what it's like, that sort of thing. But there is also the algorithm side. Um, you know, for example, my Instagram explore tab is absolutely full of videos 
videos of chiropractors cracking people's necks and backs and with, you know, little microphones on them. And they make just like these really satisfying crunch sounds. Um, and I, you know, watched a few of them and now my TikTok is, or my Instagram, I should say, is, is full of them. So there's no doubt that the algorithms are playing a role. And where this becomes important is in something called a mass psychogenic illness, which is when a group of people start showing symptoms of something for sort of unknown reasons. And there's a really famous historical example of this called the Dancing Plague, which appeared randomly in European cities between the 14th and 17th centuries. And people just sort of danced until they died. And, you know, musicians would come up and try and play music so they would you know dance it all out um priests tried to perform exorcisms and it was sort of like these cult-like groupings of people that spread this dancing mania around parts of europe um and not a super good example of it or um explanation for it i should say so what you may have one of the theories about what you have here on social media is that you are seeing sort of a social media driven mass psychogenic illness in other words people are picking up on some of these symptoms, acquiring some of these symptoms, because they are seeing these things. And of course, social media has a, you know, colossal reach, you know, a single social media post of someone with symptoms of a disorder can reach millions and millions of viewers all over the world, you know, it's not bounded by geography or anything like that. And so that is one sort of theory, a partial explanation of, of people acquiring these sort of symptoms uh, via social media. So they acquire these symptoms, but then they they turn around and they post about these symptoms. Like, is it, is it you know, I know I know you touched on this earlier. Is it a case in 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 some instances of people needing to belong to something, like of, of developing that human connection? Yeah, that, that is certainly a component of it. Um, you know, if you look to sort of more traditional forms of factitious disorders. People often do it to get sympathy and community. Now, just to reiterate, there's there's the conversion disorder where you acquire symptoms for no particular reason. And so your behavior after that, it might be maladaptive, but it's not necessarily malicious. Whereas when you have a factitious disorder or the more severe form of that Munchausen syndrome, that person is is doing it for some sort of gain. And I think, you know, sort of lay terms would be felt to be more malicious. So in those more traditional senses, it is often to get some sort of support or community. Um, people fake cancer, for example, or pregnancy to get sympathy and, and, and community and people sort of rallying around. Um, and, and so that's sort of the, but the other thing, and I know I'm rambling on here a little bit, but the teenagers as sort of a, a group really need um, sort of group identification and emotional support and things like that. And so for them, as we sort of talked about right off the top, there is so much of our life that's now lived on social media. This is a way to sort of build that connection and build a community around something, whether that is uh, a mental illness that's genuine, whether that's been symptoms that are acquired in some fashion, perhaps as a result of this mass psychogenic illness theory, or perhaps people are just faking it because they're lonely and unhappy and want to find some community. I mean, looking at, at it in the, in kind of a broader, like in real life uh, situation, are these disorders that, that therapists are seeing crop up in their practices or their concerns about 
cohorts of young people and the impact that social media is having on them? And, and what are experts in the, in the field of treatment saying about addressing these sorts of disorders? It is something that people see. And I talked to a couple folks that, that work in this field. And the, the thing that they said about it is that when someone comes into your therapy room and sits down or lays down on the couch, you're, you're not coming at them with the idea that they're faking, you know, you're not, you're not looking necessarily to be like, Oh, you're, you're lying about this. Um, so, so really what they try and do in terms of treatment, as far as I can understand is, um, sort of try and meet people where they are and understand what they're feeling and why they might be feeling this way, why they might be presenting these sort of symptoms. Um, and then sort of treatment can go, go from there. I mean, obviously if, if we're talking about, faking, um, something like pharmaceuticals is not going to get very far. But there's other sorts of therapy that might sort of help people figure out why they're doing this sort of thing. Because when it comes to, in particular, the conversion disorder, where people seem to have acquired these symptoms, they might not actually sort of be aware that they have acquired these um, or, or doing them for a particular reason, right? They might genuinely think that something has gone wrong and are looking for help. And so, you know, people working in this field are not really going down the road of accusing people of faking. And of course the internet has no such qualms about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, there are entire sort of Reddit forums dedicated to like exposing these people and things like that. So yeah, they, they just, yeah, they, 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 they kind of come in and the way someone put it in my story is pe professionals come at these people with the most charitable, assumptions about what's going on in their lives and and that these people are generally speaking expressing a, a normal human need for attention or expressing suffering um, in in some way so be, because you know the other thing to keep in mind here is that these these disorders that we're talking about even the munchausen syndrome where people are faking it are in fact also disorders right so so therapists need to come at it and are coming at it in in that direction if that makes sense do experts feel this is just kind of, you know, as as things go in the digital world that, you know, this will come up, it will kind of spread widely for a while and then fizzle out kind of like, you know, as you talked about earlier, this, the dancing sickness obviously is not a thing anymore. It just moves on to something else. Well, yes and no. Um, most of the people sort of involved in this are young-ish and youngish women in particular. And so there is, I think, I got the sense that there's a little bit of an aging out of this sort of thing that, that people tend to, you know, especially teenagers, right, come through this phase of, of such intense connection and that need for connection. And, and when life sort of stabilizes and all the chemicals hammering around your body in, in puberty sort of start to to equalize, um, some of this stuff perhaps becomes a little bit less necessary. So, you know, I, I, but at the same time, we do have more and more powerful algorithms, more and more social media platforms, there's sort of ever greater penetration of social media into our daily lives. So there's sort of these, um, competing, uh, uh, forces here, I guess. Well, it certainly is a fascinating topic, one that people may not be aware of, but curious and, and interesting discussion. Tyler, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Ten Three is produced by Tyler Dawson. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.